We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Good evening, everyone. My name is Mike Cosentino. That sound you perhaps heard in the background is once again, it is time for the virtual pub run. Of course, I have my preferred post-run peach ale here, I can say. Today, success. Once again, got my mileage in. Hope you did the same. I'm joined once again by my co-host and dear friend, D2 Dolomite, Dave Martinez. Looking at the can find, sir, is that little creature comforts that you brought to our production this evening? Little Tropicalia, yes. Nice. It, was either this, it was either this or the pontoon brewing uh, tagalongs. Wow, you have much to choose from in your refrigerator. We need to forget this social distancing, if nothing else, to be able to raid your apartment and come get one for ourselves. <laughs> also, I want a quick shout out to Bob Wells, who has held up Fauci. That is a wild heaven brewing. That is a new release from them, Fauci Spring. We mentioned it, episode number one of our pubcast. And now we'll have to get a review, whether it is live or over the chat box, of what he thinks of Fauci Spring. I see the thumbs up. That means for those of you who like that type of beverage, it comes highly recommended. I can tell you that what Bob Wells recommends is something you need to try or do. With that, welcome everyone. It is Tuesday right around 6 p.m. Certainly appreciate you joining us. We have very special guests with us this evening. In addition to some of the topics that we bring to bear, it is my pleasure to introduce Abby Keenan, one of the founding partners, Intrepid Sports Performance, and Tony Hammett, who is not only the founder, but also the do-it-all-behind-peak-racing and both are here. We've got some fun questions as well as an opportunity to learn from them, not just around this lifestyle we all love so much, but around this life of ours that is in this season of unprecedented. And we now have an opportunity to walk through it together. Abby and Tony, thanks so much for being part of this. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. Awesome to see thanks you. Thanks for having us, Mike. Cool, Tony. And for all of you out there, don't forget the chat box is ready to go. If you have something you want to say, certainly feel free to let it fly. This is the pub. No rules here. If you're not speaking, certainly we would appreciate if you stay on the mute button. Abby, one of the things I could not wait to ask you, even when we were putting our schedule together and having different guests with different areas of expertise, knowing that you are a certified mental performance consultant. This is one of those seasons, I already mentioned that it was unprecedented. My curiosity outside of what we call a pedestrian active lifestyle or even athletic training, what you would just say in general for all of us that are working our way through this coronavirus, this COVID-19, whether it's come right to our doorstep or whether it just is something we're now thinking about on a regular basis as parents, as friends, as neighbors, as those who are social distancing, Anything you would say that seems to be incredibly relevant that you maybe have not had a chance to talk about as much in the past, but now you cannot share often enough? Yeah, no, thanks for that. And it's been really, I think it's silver lining. I wouldn't say it's cool, but a silver lining to this entire pandemic is I think 
at least from my vantage point, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about the mental component, whether that relates to running or sports in general or just life. And so that's exciting to me because I, I think, you know, it's always good to look for silver linings, but this pandemic is giving us all a chance to reflect on that and to figure out how are we managing this mentally and how important our mental well-being is. Um, so one of the things that I find myself talking about a lot, and it's, um, it's a couple of different skills put together, but it's the, this concept, I like to call it AAA. Um, so you think about AAA stereotypically, it's like kind of dispatching roadside assistance. You know, you have a flat tire, you need a jump, you've locked your keys in the car, totally done that before, you ran out of gas. So you have to call AAA and this pandemic is no different than that. So if you find that you're having a rough moment or you are struggling with something that's going on and you want to engage yourself mentally to try to work through it, AAA can help you with that. So the three A's in this, and I'll kind of break them down a bit, are awareness, acceptance, and action. And so in some shape or form, I've been talking about this a lot with the, the athletes that I work with, um, those clients that, that I'm serving still, because we do most of our work online. Um, and it, it kind of goes a little bit something like this. So let's say that something is troubling you or you're being frustrated by, you know, the fact that you can't train or practice right now and you're having all these Zoom sessions and you're just really overwhelmed. So the first thing you can do is to gain some awareness of that. So that that really comes down to acknowledging your current experience and being honest with yourself about what that looks like, what you're going through, um, perhaps what disruptions have happened, and most importantly, how you're feeling about it. And so the emotion component there is really important because if you can recognize the emotion or multiple emotions at play and you can even name them, then you're going to be a lot better off. So um, I'm sure we've all experienced a number of different emotions and common negative ones right now are things like fear, anxiety, sadness, um, even some anger, some loneliness because of the social distancing that we're doing, um, getting frustrated. And on the flip side, we probably also experienced, at least I hope, some degree of positive emotions. So things like happiness, satisfaction, um, even some amusement. There are some hilarious memes out there um, and things like gratitude or perhaps even joy. And so the key here is that regardless of what you're feeling, try to name it and recognize that, you know, you can have some negative and positive emotions happening at once. Um, so that's kind of cool to, to recognize both of those are possible in the same kind of moment. Um, two, looking at the acceptance factor here, it's so, so important that whatever you're feeling, recognize that it is normal and it is valid. So no one should be telling you that you can't feel that way or that that's inappropriate or comparing your feelings to somebody else's, like recognize that whatever you're feeling, that's okay. And trying to remember that even some of those negative emotions that we feel might have some sort of evolutionary purpose. So fear kind of keeps us away from danger, for example. Um, and so there's a tricky mind or line there when it comes to like real fear versus perceived fear. However, there is a, a purpose for that emotion. Um, and then Emotions can change over time. So how you're feeling right now, you know, accept that, but recognize that might not always be the case. And then lastly, we've all heard controlling controllables. So recognize that you can't control everything. And if we can accept those things we can't control and try to let them go, that's going to be helpful. And then if we move into action from there, based on what you're now aware of because of the moment, what you're accepting um, because of that experience, the question is, what do you want to do about it? You know, do you want to stay the course? Do you want to adjust? 
Do you want to have a small tweak? Do you want to have a large habit or routine change? And so that's where you can decide what to do. And hopefully that action will be kind of aligned with, you know, values or priorities of the given time. So coming down to awareness, acceptance, action, this is, you know, a, a combination of a lot of different mental skills, but all of these, you know, combined together in this kind of format help you to get through some of these tough moments that we're all experiencing. Wow, that is awesome, Abby. I We should have had you not only in week number one <laughs> on this podcast, I wish we would have had you for the first moment of having to make adjustments, maybe in our business, maybe in my own family. That was terrific for those of you who perhaps are just getting Abby for the first time. That is a small dose. If nothing else, go back and listen to episode number eight of the Run ATL podcast, where her and her partner and husband, John Keenan, give us all kinds of good stuff. I'm not going to let you off the hook now, Abby, with that terrific introduction of certain things we should be thinking about, not just as mental skills, but quite frankly, as a way to buffer ourselves from what would be perhaps a worst possible outcome or what might even be negative and positive together, but negative getting the best of those positive emotions that we can feel or could also come to feel. In those instances, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, maybe it's been most of this pandemic, you say both negative and positive can exist together. Is there a way for us to ensure that even knowing that that is true, that positive does somehow get the upper hand or ultimately good triumphs over evil and we feel more positive than not yeah i that's the hope that's what we're trying to go for and so i, I think I, so first of all i come from a very realistic perspective so i am not an optimist i'm a realist <laughs> and so i think coming from that lens the reality that we're living in right now is that we are going to have negative emotions regardless of what we do about that and that's okay. We are in a heightened state of stress across the board for a number of different reasons. And yes, we always want to try to be working towards the positive emotions more so. And I think one of the biggest barriers that I've personally experienced, and I know a lot of my clients have experienced, is just giving ourselves permission to let us be positive and to feel those emotions. You know, like we almost feel guilty when we Watch a, I was, oh my gosh, my brother put together this hilarious video of him in a dinosaur costume and I was laughing my face off. But it, in that moment, I was really happy and I was amused and excited. And also I felt guilty about that. And that I think is the number one barrier that people are experiencing about getting to those positive emotions more so. It's just giving ourselves permission to go there and to recognize that in that moment, that's okay. Well, and not only does that permission perhaps give us an ability to be more of ourself, it gives us a reason to be, even as realists, a little bit more hopeful, if not right. just optimistic, to be hopeful for sure. Well, one of the things that I will use as a way to transition to Tony Hammett, who has a unique position right now, is looking down the road and being mindful of what is to come. Tony, you certainly had to become an expert in adaptation and perhaps even in change. Tony is the founder of Peak Racing, and in our partnership with him, one of the keystone events for not just us, but I would say the entire Atlanta marketplace is the Hot Atlanta Half Marathon. By no means is it his only event or is it his only production that is first class, but it is one that is very much 
in the scope right now as we head into summer and certainly one of those events that has such a terrific legacy in and around Atlanta. And yet it has changed as a result of this pandemic for 2020. Without me giving you all of the details, I'm gonna turn it over to Tony. Maybe you can give us a status report for the race as a place to start. And then thinking about some of the things that Abby mentioned and you and I, even as business owners, I'd love to unpack your decision-making and some of the things that you're thinking about, not just as someone looking out for all of us as running, racing, competing enthusiasts, but quite frankly, also as a business owner, as a friend, as a husband, as a neighbor, and a father, because that matters just as much or more as well. First of all, Tony, thank you for being here. Status report, Hotlanta Half Marathon. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Uh, I actually want to back up. I think this will help unpack the story of how we got to our decision for Hotlanta, and this will make sense. We were, this was March the 13th, Okay, we have a partner, uh, Jekyll Island Authority. We produce their turtle crawl event, 5K, 10K, every year. Okay, we had literally set up the entire course. We were inflating the finish line, and I get a call from the executives, and they say, hold up, we're making a decision on this race. By the way, Mike, the race was in 23 hours, okay? So we're on Jekyll Island, set up, and they called the race. I'd never had that happen before, ever, okay? So think about that for a second. We've got over a 1,000 runners in front of us the next day. Packet pickup was getting ready to start, and we had to reverse everything. So that was initially frustrating and very confusing. And, and you can imagine, as a business owner, what if someone said, you can't do that right now? You don't know what's going on, right? So back in March, we really didn't know what was going on with this. So I was initially, you know, pretty confused. Does it make sense now? Absolutely. It absolutely makes sense. But you know what that did is it brought me and my team together to say, what if March, April, May, June doesn't happen, meaning we're not going to race for the next several months? What do we do? And of course, in the top of my mind is Hotlanta. So that's how we got here. I had been thinking about our decision on Hotlanta for the last four weeks. And that kept me up at night, so to speak. You, you're, as a business owner, father, husband, you, you get it. You know, there's a lot of decisions we have to make on a daily basis. And one of the more important ones for me was Hotlanta. And it came down to safety. I'm going to have 25, 26, 2700 runners in front of me. The city of Atlanta, uh, we hired two medical teams, 200 police officers and volunteers. Uh, I think it was my obligation to convert Hotlanta to a virtual run just for the reason that it has to be a, a safe environment if we're going to, to, to start the race. It has to be a super 100% safe race. And I could not guarantee to our runners, our, our guests, our partners, the city, I couldn't guarantee a safe race not knowing what the future would hold. So it was, it was again, it was just a very a unique time for everyone. And uh, trust me, it, it, it was one of the more difficult decisions I had to make as a race director in the last eight years. Well, and I would imagine that the difficult decisions keep lining up, given the fact that Hotlanta now not fully canceled or even postponed. Still many things to take into account. In addition, you do races all year long, so you being at the forefront of making difficult and yet very important decisions, it perhaps just beginning, Charles Darwin said, it is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent 
that survives. It is the one that is most adaptable to change. And as I share my screen, for those of you picking this up on the back side of this, you'll see all of the updates on the website that certainly I would encourage you to visit because I'm gonna let Tony talk about his adaptation. You'll see on the screen now that Hotlanta Half and 5K is a virtual race for 2020. Yes. Obviously, Tony, what this means is it is altered. It is not postponed, it is not canceled. Tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to accomplish alongside the decisions you've made for the utmost safety of your participants now that we're doing this virtually. Yes, so what we decided to do was convert this, like you said, to a virtual event. And a lot of people uh, really didn't know what a virtual race was. And, and we have a lot of newer runners at our Hotlanta 5K and half. And so one of the things that we not dismissed, but maybe we forgot to research was, what is the true definition of a virtual race? And how are we going to educate runners on what a virtual race is? So you can see there on, on the screen, Mike, uh, you know, we tried to outline how we got to this point. And then what I did with a follow-up message to our, our runners was a very detailed email as to this is what a virtual race is. This is what this means. And you, you know what the number one question was? Are we still going to get our shirts and medals? And I said, absolutely. That's part of our communication is you're going to get your shirt, your medal. And as a surprise, you're still going to get a bib. So we're going to still have a really neat bib that goes along with the shirt and the medal. So, um, to go into more detail, we do have a surprise on June 7th because we still say race day, Mike. Race day is still June 7th at 7 a.m. And I have some surprises. Uh, I'll, I'll give you all a hint right now because by the time most people hear this, uh, I think it will be public. But uh, I'm highly encouraging our runners and partners and sponsors to uh, be ready at 7 a.m. on June the 7th because we have some fun things in store. I want to create an environment that's as close as possible to race day. Obviously, I'm not going to be downtown Atlanta. I'm not going to be, you know, face to face with anyone, but we are going to have uh, some unique things that I don't think a lot of virtual races have done, but I, I feel like that I need to take it a step further. And uh, I think I owe it to our runners and partners and sponsors to do something unique. So I'll leave it at that, but I would be uh, I'd be ready maybe on Facebook at 6.45 a.m. on June the 7th uh, on our Hotland Half and Hotland 5K Facebook page uh, because I think you're going to enjoy it. Even if you're not running and signed up and you're not maybe a partner or sponsor, that's okay. I think I'd still tune in uh, around 6.45 a.m. So, Mike, get your cup of coffee. Maybe you'll run a 5K with me. Hint, hint. So, you know, we'll go from there. But um, <laughs> one more thing. We are planning to mail out the packets on uh, June the 1st. So my goal is to make sure everyone has their metal shirt and bib ahead of, this, ahead of the race. A lot of newer virtual races are doing it maybe after the fact, I think. Um, but I want to make sure they get their shirt beforehand. So if they want to run in their shirt even, they can run in their shirt. And then when they get home or wherever their, their destination is, they'll have their medal right there. And they can even wear their bib while they're running. So again, I'm just trying to create an environment that's as close as possible uh, to the actual uh, Hotlanta half and 5K race day. Wow. Well, I will tell you, you are masterful in the art of the tease, my friend. Well done. Wait, <laughs> that up. So Practice. let me Practice. ask you, 
it was noted in the chat box, thanks again to Bob Wells, only two spots remaining for your half marathon. Is that valid? And would you say you are about sold out and perhaps even for our listening live audience here at the pub, if they want to take full advantage of that tease, they need to get to your website immediately? Or where do you see registration going? Seemingly still open, but any guidance you might give me or others who need to get on it sooner than later? Great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, we actually extended registration. We were going to actually not take any new registrations for the month of May. We're going to use that as a planning time. And believe it or not, there's still a lot of planning involved with a virtual event. So we're going to use the last three or four weeks as planning. Um, a lot of our partners and, and fellow runners and, and our team even said, Tony, just consider keeping it open a little bit longer. So we did extend it and actually we closed it on Sunday. Well, Sunday night, we're getting phone calls and emails. Can you please just, just keep it open a little bit longer? So to answer your question, Mike, we are actually going to close registration on Friday. So this Friday, so for our listening audience, you still have time, uh, but we only have two spots left in the half. That is correct. We have uh, quite a few more left in the 5k, but, uh, uh, I'm honestly pleasantly surprised at the number of new half marathon registrations that we've seen in the last few weeks. A lot of people want to be involved. And um, one of the questions I ask is, is this your first time running the half? And yes, I would say 80% of the last maybe 200 registrations have never ran the Hotlanta. So their first Hotlanta will be virtually. And, I, and you know, my follow-up question, of course, question is, well, aren't you going to come see us in 2021? in person because we're still planning to have it in person next year. And they said, yes, we will definitely be there for you. That's awesome for two reasons. We've talked about perhaps one of the silver linings of this difficult season will be people who have perhaps for the first time connected with a fitness routine for some who have recommitted for others who perhaps have started to push themselves or stretch themselves even further. And maybe what you're seeing is part of that 80% that you just mentioned. Tony, are those who now have committed or elected to stretch themselves and now will have, even amidst the pain and the difficulty, the challenge, the struggle, all of those things that go into perhaps that negative mindset that could occur, now this positive experience that helps us maybe wrap our arms around some of what Abby indicated as they finish their virtual Hotlanta Half Marathon and have this memory of 2020 that'll take them all the way to the physical start line of your race next year. So that's really, really cool to be very specific. This Friday would be May 22nd. So for those of you who are here live, what you'll want to do is quickly head over to hotlantahalf.com. There is plenty of space, as Tony indicated, in the 5K. So do not shortchange yourself. That is still very much a silver lining and a very, very notable accomplishment during this season. So think about the 5K if you get closed out for the half marathon. Abby, let's talk about those people who have elected to get into this lifestyle now for the first time or in a way that they have not recently or perhaps previously. For you, thinking about being that mental performance consultant, there is a mental side that goes with taking on something new or taking on something to a greater degree. Any guidance that you might give us or give those specifically who are still curious, can I do this? And it's much as much perhaps up here 
that they're fighting those demons who are trying to push back against them than what it is that cardiovascular system or those muscles in their legs that haven't been worked in a while or whatever else it might be physically, they first have to make sure they're all with it mentally. What would you say to them or to me along those lines? Yeah, I think it's a great point and I completely agree. Uh, the park that's next to my house keeps getting crowded, like more and more crowded, which is a, a good, wonderful problem to have <laughs> um, outside of the, the six feet social distancing, trying to, to maintain that. But I agree, a lot of people are leveraging this time, especially with the good weather that we've had. So that is exciting. And I think before even the mental portion, you know, for those who haven't gone back and listened to the episode from last week, do it because they talk about some of the, the physical elements of that first, which I think have to be there, non-negotiables in terms of starting slow, working into it gradually, getting a new pair of shoes, which I literally just had to do because mine were totally worn out. And just monitoring your body physically to see how you're feeling, you know, try not to take it too quickly, too fast. Uh, that's actually the same thing, but you know what I mean? So anyway, the physical piece first, I think is really important. And then if you shift into it mentally, it comes down to goals a lot of time and motivation. And so looking at your reasoning for doing it, you know, is it, um, is it kind of a way to break out of the monotony and that could be okay? Or is it, something where you're looking to actually make a lifestyle change, which is even better because that's going to be more intrinsic. Um, and so, you know, I look at the motivation piece as why people are making those decisions and do they, do they really want to do it for them? You know, if we can get to a place where they're having some intrinsic or internal motivation because it's, you know, whatever it is that they're choosing to do, whether it's getting out for a walk every day or starting to run three times a week or building up their mileage from, 20 to 40 miles a week or whatever that goal is, having the right reasons for doing it will help them to not only do it, but do it consistently. So maintain that over over a while to have um, the outcome that they're looking for after going through that process. Um, so that's kind of the first thing. And then I would say mentally recognizing the obstacles that could come into play. And so a tool that, that has been researched quite a bit is um, there's actually an app for it. It's called Whoop. It's W-O-O-P, and it's the research behind it is by Gabrielle Ottingen, and um, it's all about mental contrasting. And so at, like, if, just to kind of walk you through what that means, so essentially they use the term wish. You could also interchange goal there. And so what do you want to accomplish? And the app puts it in a time frame of in the next 24 hours, in the next month, or no time frame. And if you do this on your own, you can decide what that time frame is going to be. Um, so putting putting down, like actually writing down or typing into the app what you want to accomplish and thinking about the outcome, like at its ideal level, what would you what would that look like? What would it feel like? And really trying to embrace those feelings of if I'm able to let's say you're going to go for this Hotlanta half marathon and you're one of those first timers. What would your ideal outcome be? Would it be a particular time or would it be a feeling? And how would it feel getting on Facebook at 645 and being a part of that community, which, Tony, I think that's really cool that you're doing that to kick things off when you're in the absence of people. Uh, so kudos to that that element that you're talking about. Um, but really, how would you feel accomplishing that? And then what are the obstacles at play? So if we ignore the obstacles or barriers, we're doing ourselves a disservice because we're just, again, not being honest with the possibilities there. Um, but what could hold you back, particularly from yourself? You know, like a lot of times we dismiss things. Oh, well, 
you know, the weather was terrible or this pandemic is here and disrupting my ability to train or, or whatnot, but recognizing what are those inner obstacles that could really get in your way. And then the last piece is plan. So if this happens, then here's how I'm going to handle it and coming up with a, an actual tangible plan to where if you encounter an obstacle, you know what to do with it. Um, so mentally that can help you kind of maintain motivation and keep working towards whatever new goals that people are setting right now. Man, that that is terrific. And I could not have put the screen up at a more perfect time for those of you who will watch this as well as listen to it. You'll see what percentage of your performance is mental. And you'll want to pair that with what Abby just indicated. We'll also make sure that we pull up the screen of the at that she mentioned not long ago. For those who cannot see it, the answer to that is that Intrepid believes we believe that at least 50% of sport performance is mental. And Abby, just to clarify, would that include that person who says, incorrectly in my opinion, they're not an athlete? Or that now that they have started a walking routine and are doing a few blocks a few times a week, that that doesn't include sport performance. I would argue they are an athlete. That is sport performance. But you're the expert. What would you say relative to your 50% statistic and belief? And who all is included in that metric? Well, to quote a friend of mine who owns a physical therapy practice in Atlanta called Athletes Potential, I believe the saying goes, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And so if you're doing some sort of physical oriented goal, I would say that you're an athlete, you know, and you could we could argue about what level that means. But if you are moving and trying to improve your physical well-being, let's go for it. And yes, as we've all heard before, and I think we're starting to see become even more pervasive, the mind and body are intimately connected. And so if you try to physically go after a goal without entertaining what mental components are at play, whether good or bad then you're selling yourself a little bit short. And not to say that everyone needs full-scale one-on-one mental training. <laughs> like that That's definitely a commitment. And the clients that we work with are very, um, very curious about what they are capable of and what their abilities are mentally, physically, technically, tactically, and putting all those four together to figure out how can we achieve high performance, but also how can I fulfill whatever success looks like for me? So sure, I, I think the you know, the degree to which you focus on the mental skills and mental abilities that you have depends on your goal and, and where you're at and what you're looking for. But it, it still is at play and it's still a factor. Wow. I bring Charles Darwin quotes and then you've got personal friends that you can outquote my Darwin quote. So well <laughs> no, done. The Darwin with quote was, was spot on. I completely <laughs> agree. <laughs> If you have a body, you are an athlete. There it is. We do not maybe have the same history that we do with Charles Darwin, but nonetheless, that is an indication of words to live by that you can only find in the virtual pub. Tony, one of the things I couldn't wait to ask you, quite frankly, was less about a race and more about you. You have a young family. You have a wife that is very much anticipating the launch pad for number two, you have your own business, your own personal interests. How are you keeping it all together, my friend? You look reasonably well rested. You've got a smile. <laughs> and if we're independent of your racing calendar and just trying to get good life advice for the rest of us to put to good use, what would you say seems to be your secret right now? Well, thanks for saying that. You're, you're absolutely right. So we have a 
17-month-old, and my wife is 32 weeks pregnant with our second one. And yes, as a business owner, you can relate. We work several long days. This time, believe it or not, and Abby touched on a few things I really love, but a, a few things we've done, Mike, is we try to do a daily or, or at least five family walks or runs every week. So my wife, Lisa, is still working part-time as a NICU nurse. And when she's not working, we actually go on walks. So whether it be morning or afternoon, one of the things we do to get outside, to get some vitamin D, some fresh air, some sun on our faces and bodies, we go outside and we do a walk or run or a combination of the two. And we just talk. And we take our, our son, Jax, with us, of course, and he loves the outside, which is good. So we, we try to do family walks every day. And that has been very beneficial. We're actually taking more walks and runs together as a family now than we did uh, prior to, say, March. So that's one of the things we do. Um, my wife and I also, we, we try to every evening uh, decompress and have, um, you know, just uh, maybe we'll call it, you know, couple time where we talk. We truly just talk at the end of the day about what's going on. It doesn't have to be, you know, COVID related. Um, it can be anything related. So uh, those two things have really helped us is getting outside of the family and then just kind of a daily debrief, which um, I find is extremely important right now because, you know, of course, Stress levels are high. A lot of people are anxious. There's a lot of unknown questions. Um, but those two things have helped us. And of course, um, you know, we're all runners. We still run. My wife hit 30, what, 32 weeks. She's still running. I mean, we, we run a, uh, at least a 5K a week together outside. So we're still running. She's doing some indoor, you know, uh, classes online. There's some virtual classes. She's doing that. I'm still running. I'm still doing my strength and core training. So, um, uh, I, those, those three, things have really helped us get through this. Um, and then I just try to find, you know, some quiet time for myself just as a, you know, as a father, husband, and a business owner, I just try to find, you know, half hour here and there just to kind of think about what are some next steps or what are some things we can do in the future for, you know, the business and uh, our races for our runners. Well, we're going to talk about that. You tied in something that we did last week as our bonus topic, which was, how do we get family members to exercise together? It can sometimes be that slippery slope. We had some good advice for those of you who've not yet heard it. We released it on Monday the 18th. Check it out. Tony, you have given us a reiteration of some of the things that were said. I will remind everyone or those who did not listen to it where I've netted out, and that is for those of you with loved ones who sometimes are not sure whether your fitness routine being done at the same time is a good idea, ask yourself the question, are we training at the same time in the same place, or are we doing this together? If the answer is the latter, then the least amount of desired effort and the slowest pace always wins. Take that to the bank from somebody who learned it the hard way. D2, the topic today, you know we're going to be coming your way. Does running form matter? So for everybody out there, be thinking about that. D2 shaking it off. He is our industry-leading expert. Perhaps we'll get his comments in just a moment. Before we do, I want to ask this question to you, Abby. It is really tearing me up. Knowing how many I enjoy being around that I have not been around in way too long. When we think about training partners, 
but those people who are part of our social circle, maybe even our accountability partners as it relates to weekly mileage or training runs, or quite frankly, being that better husband and father and business owner that Tony referenced for us. Any guidance you might give us that is specific to the fact that we are much more isolated these days than what we were three or six months ago. Yeah. So Mike, you cut out a little bit. I just want to make sure I heard the question fully. So you're asking for guidance around since we are socially isolated, how we stay connected with everyone. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't that doesn't really become a mental burden that is perhaps too much for us as individuals to carry around. Sure. Yeah. It's a great point. And, you know, we think about self-determined behavior and one of those facets is relatedness. And so we're motivated to take action and to do things because we have connections to people, right? Um, and then if you think also in terms of like hierarchy of needs, Maslow, like taking it back to the, four, I think it was the 40s when he released his theory, having connections with people, it's something that psychologically is innate to us as humans. And so I wanna start out by saying that to say, that's why we are all hardwired for connection because uh, that's how we're built, that's how we're made. And so, um, the fact that that we are hurting because of that and feeling disconnected because of that, that's normal. And um, so just recognizing that it comes from a particular place. And then thinking about how we can be creative to still have those connections. Um, and sometimes that could be like a race, like we've talked about with, hey, we're going to do a virtual race, whether it's the hotline a half or 5K or um, I know another one's coming up on June 20th. It's also put on by Peak Racing the support Atlanta virtual 5k. So looking at, there's a lot of virtual races coming out. That could be a way to connect uh, not only with other people who run or your former accountability partners or running partners, but also inviting family or other friends. Hey, do you want to do this thing with me? And now we're connected through um, training separately or possibly together if you're maintaining six feet and um, appropriate guidelines for the time. Uh, so that could be one way to kind of tie the connectedness to something that you all love doing and plus you're getting outside and um, building, uh, you know, some well-being because of that. So that could be one. Oh, the half marathon is now sold out. We have just heard y'all. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the 5K oh, is you. what we're going for. Now we're running now the 5K. <laughs> Live results at the pub. That is the way. <laughs> I know. You got to be here to know all the things. Wow. Um, <laughs> but no, outside of that connectivity, thinking about I, one of the things I keep hearing, if I'm just going to say it plainly, Zoom or go to meeting or getting on video chats, it is exhausting people. And so I think what's really helpful is to keep a barometer of where you at if that's you. And recognizing that if you are burned out from being on video call after video call all day long, well, having a video call set up with family or friends at the end of the day is probably going to be counterproductive. And so figuring out where you fall on that and what is still going to help you to be connected, whether that's just doing a phone call or having some text interaction or um, if you agree to send funny pictures or memes or videos to each other to kind of keep those positive emotions high. So I, I think the initial uh, gut reaction when the pandemic was first announced in March was get on video calls and do as much of that as possible to stay connected and have that face to face, you know, seemingly interaction. And now it seems the message is changing. And that's OK. 
again, I think that shows some adaptability on our part to recognize that we still, it's still important to maintain connections with people from a distance. And now it's, it's important to continue figuring out what that looks like that's still going to be beneficial for all of us. Well, and I love the fact that you referenced that these video conferences can be exhausting, that it's not a substitute for being together. And yet in this instant, it is the substitute that seems to make the right. most sense and we have to adapt to that. Congratulations again, both Tony and Peak Racing, but also Atlanta and the Atlanta area for selling out the virtual Hotlanta half marathon. For those who are curious, what could they possibly have that they didn't when their trip to the pub commenced? We will be giving away an entry to the 5K for the virtual Hotlanta race. So stay tuned to figure out how you might make that yours. But we're coming back to our bonus topic. D2, I had to start with you. You are a certified transformed running instructor. So with that kind of credibility, does running form matter for all of you? Feel free to jump into the chat box or participate audibly by unmuting yourself. But our question today where we recognize there are two sides to the fence, there may never ever be a declared correct answer for sure that is universal, but we will debate it because that's what you do in the pub. Here we go, D2. Let's start with you. Does running form matter? So I knew this question was coming, and so I wanted to answer it and say, no, it doesn't matter. Just to kind of keep everyone on their toes, right? So um, <laughs> <laughs> make sure no one's falling asleep or, you know, um, but no, it, it, it does matter to a certain extent. I mean, everyone, and it's something that has been debated um, as to kind of the exact way you're supposed to run, but we all are different. We all have different foot shapes and body types and, and different, you know, you know, our anatomy and physiology is a little bit different and varies. So we can't say that there's only one way to run. Um, everyone's going to be uh, a little bit different, but there are some things that we can do to help improve the way that we run and that'll affect our form and will allow us to maybe run a little bit easier, maybe uh, make running a little bit more enjoyable and at the same time help reduce, you know, injuries and the amount of impact when you land. So, you know, things that have been debated is like, where does, how does your foot supposed to land and where and exactly, and, and, you know, everyone's a little bit different. So when I first started out, I was adamant, it's got to land, you know, right in the in midfoot, you know, it's got to be right kind of like on the ball of your foot. And not everyone's going to do that because we all have limitations based, maybe based on our age, based on, you know, the, our ability and our flexibility. So there's things like that, that, that isn't an absolute but we can certainly do things to kind of minimize the amount of impact. And some of that is shortening the stride and uh, maintaining a higher cadence. So the number of uh, times your feet, you know, step on the ground per minute. So ideally you want to do like 90 per, um, per um, foot. Um, but if you can't do 90, that's okay. You know, if you're currently doing 50, that's probably not really good. So you're probably doing more impact and, and landing with greater forces. So if you can increase that and improve it and go from 50 to 60, well, that's better. It's not necessarily 90, but it's better. And if you keep working at it, you'll get to the point where maybe you're at 70 and that keeps getting better and improving. Things like posture and working out your core. Tony mentioned he's working out and, and doing strength training and working out your core. You know, that's all gonna help improve your posture. So all that's going to help, you know, the way you kind of land as well. And it's going to make running easier because you're running more upright 
So there's little things like that that can be done to kind of help uh, improve your running form. And, you know, I guess, you know, you know, I guess that, what was that one is it the hair club for men? Not only am I, you know, the owner, I'm also a client. Right. And that's kind of <laughs> how I started. Right. I started out as a client. I, I took running form classes first and became a believer because I noticed how much my form changed and noticed the improvement in how I became um, a better runner, but also felt like a like I was a better runner. Um, and because of that, I was like, well, now I, I need to learn not only you know, how to run, but learn how to teach it. And so I could share that experience with others so that they can get the same type of joy that I've gotten um, and improve it, you know, my um, performance through it. Because I think, you know, and Abby kind of touches on this as far as, you know, there's mental training to get you motivated. But I think once you start seeing some results and you start seeing that you're getting better, that helps motivate you even more. Because if you start seeing those changes and you start seeing that improvement, then you know it's working. It helps reinforce everything that you're doing. So you're going to continue at it and you're going to keep improving. Absolutely. Well, I, love that. And I, I love what came over the chat box from our friend, Jill. She says, I've been on both sides of the fence. Seemingly, she says to us, when I was 45, no, meaning that running form didn't matter. But she says, at 57, yes, yes, yes. So it is possible that you will spend time on both sides of the fence at least according to Jill D2. I also love your reference to the hair club for men because you and I are about the exact same age. You are an advocate for running form. I know mine needs work and you have all that black non-gray hair in your beard and I am looking like Merlin or someone maybe running form has impact beyond just taking care of our lower body. Is that part of your secret or is that the hair club? No, my <laughs> secret is my secret is don't be a business owner. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, look how young Tony yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll, so I'll comment on that. Uh, hey, we're, we're in the pub. Go I'll, ahead. I'll comment. Uh, <laughs> Go, Tony. The reason I usually shave, I say usually, I didn't shave today. I usually shave. My beard would look closer to Mike's than Dave's, and I'm a little bit, just a few years younger than Mike. So, yeah, Mike, my beard would look exactly like yours had I not shaved this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, business owner, research. I guess, well, in the pub, yeah. harass each other well. What was that? So, yes, every pub has people each other the pub has to have people harassing and cajoling one another that is part of the fun that's why people show up so d2 well yeah. played for anyone else who has comments about running form please do not hold them back in the meantime what i'm going to do is i am going to show off d2 let everyone know even though i harass him he has some really good stuff at big peach running company going on right now one of the things that you'll see as your screen materializes once again is the run atl summer 10k training program it is free that's why we cannot give it away it is already a giveaway we have a head coach in dolomite dave martinez this is one of those ways we had to take darwin at his word and adapt this was intended to be at five of our stores, now entirely virtual. D2 from a facilitator to the head coach doing really, really good work. 
it is still one of those things where you can sign up. So if part of your physical and mental game suggests having a target and some that you can travel virtually with through a training journey, check out the website, bigpeachrunningco.com. Under the resources tab, you'll see an option for Run ATL Summer 10K, 10K Training. D2, anything you would tell us about that program before we go to final questions for our friends, Tony and Abby? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's free. One of the things that I'm doing is because I know, you know, having gone through training programs myself, sometimes running programs are all about just putting mileage in and just following a specific program. And what I'm trying to do um, is try to offer as much value and information as possible. So I'm definitely incorporating clinics that deal with running injuries, you know, getting properly fitted with shoes, obviously, but, you know, stretching and foam rolling and things like that, that, you know, for me was even a great reminder because as I did a clinic last week on the various things that you can use um, for, you know, myofacial release and basically self-massage, I realized I hadn't done that. And so this weekend I was like, I'm going to spend some time. I'll start you know, using the tools that I've got. And it made a big difference where all of a sudden I was like, wow, my legs feel kind of refreshed. And I found some knots. I kind of worked some of them out. Some of them I still have. But then I went running and I'm like, that's how my legs are going are supposed to feel. That feels like I'm running again and running like I'm a runner, not like I'm just, you know, like dragging my feet. So that makes a difference. So for me, it helps kind of reinforce that. So I'm trying to practice what I preach um, and then also kind of incorporating some strength training as well, especially if you can't get to a gym or don't have access to weights. You know, the stuff that I'm kind of, um, you know, sharing is all stuff that you can do at home um, using very basic things that you can find around the house um, and just very you know, body weight type of exercises to help improve, once again, your posture, improve the strength of your legs, improve your strength in your upper body. So trying to create this whole 360 holistic type of approach to training as opposed to just run these miles on this day, take a rest day, and that's it. So if we say cross training, I want to kind of tell people, well, this is what cross training looks like. So that at the end of this training program, which was sort of designed around the Peachtree Road Race that has now been pushed back, um, that you're going to feel a much stronger and better prepared to run that race so that now when it goes to, uh, you know, back in um, the November, that now you've got a, a leg up on everyone else that's just starting at a later date. So um, I think for the most part, I think people are going to really get something out of this. They're going to really kind of enjoy it because it's kind of a soup to nuts, everything you need to know um, to get started running that maybe you wouldn't uh, have learned if it was just following an online training program. So try and do what Tony used to do back in the day. <laughs> the harassment continues. That's good stuff, D2. Seriously, man, thank you for everything you're doing, not just for that program, but for all of the participants. It matters for sure. Tony, as we come down the home stretch, I have no doubt the bouncers will come find us, tell us we do not have to go home, but we cannot stay here. So knowing that, what we should do is peer into the crystal ball. And we recognize nobody has all the answers. If they did, my goodness, they would have been a guest on this podcast a long time ago. But what do you foresee for the remainder of the year for local racing and perhaps for special events in general? We get that we cannot hold you to it. But at the same time, we know that you're looking at this very closely. You're having to make the best decisions you can on what you know and perhaps what your intuition might tell you but anything you could share with us with some level of confidence in terms of what we might see 
around races, local running events, and maybe special events in general? Yes. I am optimistic we will race. It may not be until fall, and most people define fall, I would say, maybe October, November, leaning into December. So I'm pretty optimistic we will race this year. Uh, we have several trail races on our calendar already for October, November, December. Um, here's what I think, Mike. I think it's going to look and feel differently than we've had in the past, meaning maybe it's smaller races. If a race was up to 500, maybe our limit is 200 250 i think we're gonna have to use corrals like with the peachtree road race i think most races will in some form or fashion have to use some type of corral whether it's 10 runners go at once it's time trial or you know 50 get to go at once maybe it's you have to break it up over you know a couple of hours but i think we will race i'm optimistic i'm confident i would love to race and i've already talked to some fellow race directors say hey i would love to come to your race and support you and, and race at your races so I think that's what it's going to be like. When I say the look and feel is different, I don't think it's just uh, the, the mass start maybe disappearing. I think uh, maybe the food and beverage, meaning we won't hand you know D2 a bottle of water and a, a, uh, offer him a bagel. I think that may go away um, just for safety reasons. I, I don't see the awards ceremony, the podium situation. I don't see those being the same, which I know some runners will be disappointed, but I think most will be understanding that, yeah, you probably shouldn't have, you know, a hundred people gathered shoulder to shoulder at the very end of the race after we've just run, you know, a 5k or a half marathon or what have you. So uh, I think those will for the next maybe nine to 12 months. Um, I think those are some of the things we're going to have to put into place in order to race. And again, I think runners are very supportive and understanding. I think they will uh, quote, get it. That that's what we have to do if we want to race in the future. Excellent. Well, certainly appreciate that. And along with supportive and understanding, runners in and around Running City USA, very resilient and I believe also very adaptable. One of the things you should know, Tony, if you've not checked out the chat box, our friend Abby Keenan has a 15-month-old, so she is not going to allow you to outpace her with all <laughs> that you're doing. <laughs> Kudos, Abby. Uh, we can empathize together. <laughs> Fair enough. I know. I feel like everyone with young kids right now, we all just get it. We all just look at each other. Yep. I know. Yep. I feel you. Yep. I mean, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at neighbors down the street. There's you know, 14, 15 month old. There's an 18 month old, and we all during our walks, you know, at a distance, of course, we're just shaking our heads like, "Yep, it was one of those yep. days. We get it. We lo we love our kids, but we get it." <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice. It's like a common sense of humanity, though. I think that's also been a silver lining is that it, it makes us empathize with each other a bit more and what we're going through. And we're all just doing the best we can. <laughs> that, that's it. And and I look forward to walks uh, even more these days <laughs> to get outside. Me too. Yeah. 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 Well, Abby, even though you also can both empathize, perhaps even sympathize and certainly understand some of what we asked Tony I'm going to let you kind of bring us down the home stretch this evening because this is an aspect, meaning mental performance, that quite frankly gets overlooked, at least by me. All of our listeners may say, well, not me. Mike's on his own there. But I think it's possible I am not alone, that we put in the hours physically for our training or we've made the commitment and even scheduled it where we allocate that time, whether it's easier today or harder today. And I think there's probably some who would say it's easier for me because of 
maybe some work latitude that I didn't used to have. Others would say, I have a 15 month old home. It's harder for me. Certainly those who are used to having their children or other responsibilities connected to the local school system, maybe looking at it differently than those perhaps without children or those who are now empty nesters. But what I am really, really curious about is legacy. And the legacy of coronavirus of this season and ensuring that it's a positive one. And we get that there's been so much disappointment. Obviously, there has been just tragedy that I cannot fully put my arms or my mind around. And for those where it is literally residing on their doorstep, as I've said before, as I certainly mean, my hope and my prayers are absolutely with them daily. And yet I also believe that there is this possibility that we hear but we actually don't know all the time what it's going to mean, and that is that we'll be better for it. Just thinking about your experience, you've worked with the military, you've worked with Olympic athletes, you've worked with those who have truly made a legacy, a favorable legacy happen. What is it that you found for those who do that, do that hard work, that the legacy is favorable, that the outcome is positive, that you might coach us on right now so that we can take those same steps to be proactive about this season, leaving, at least in our own lives, a positive legacy. Yeah, I love that word. And that's something that I wrestle with a lot um, is what, are, what kind of legacy are we leaving? And to me, I think the one common denominator across any, any person we might work with or anybody who's in the middle of this pandemic, which is all of us, is connecting values to action i find to be one of the fundamental core practices that help people to understand who they are to stay motivated and to create whatever legacy that they're looking to create and so that's one of the things we work with clients on is really identifying what are your core values and right here right now what ways are you already behaving in a way or acting in a way that aligns with those and where are you not and where can we start to make some small shifts in terms of any goals you have for sport, but also any goals you have for the type of person that you want to be or become. And so I think that's something that I'd encourage people to reflect on. Um, reflection is something that we do a lot with our clients as well. And, and it can be just as simple as, you know, what are my values and where am I behaving that I think is appropriate with that and where am I not? Um, and just starting to wrestle with that, starting to write it down and see what comes up in the process. Um, but I really think a lot of the work that, that I do connects back to that. Um, so I think that's something that, that I often consider. And you know, like once you start really thinking about this, you know, <laughs> you have that internal struggle when you realize, oh, I'm doing something that doesn't quite feel like me or doesn't quite feel right. Well, I guarantee you, if you trace it back, it'll be because you're doing something that doesn't line up with your values. And I think values to me right now, I mean, it hits me hard. Like even today, I was reading an article about some of the things that are it's happening in Georgia and us with the shelter in place restrictions being lifted and the way that people are going about things. And I'm feeling my values just like attack me head on of, you know, because we're choosing to stay sheltered in place for the time being. And, um, you know, I think that's something that's going to help us to create some understanding and clarity about who we are and what we want. And I think uh, the biggest question that I've been coming back to that kind of relates to legacy right now in this pandemic is what new habits or what new routines or what new lifestyle changes am I creating 
that I want to continue long after this pandemic is over. And hopefully it will be over in some part um, once we have a vaccine, which I'm hopeful that we will. And so I, I encourage people to think about that because most people are doing good right now, even if it's something really small or if it's something bigger. And to capitalize on the good that you are doing and to think about what does that say about you as a person and how can that continue long term? Um, you know, I think I have definitely recognized and I, I imagine this is true for a lot of people. There are things that I don't miss and things that I recognize that I don't really need. And so it's helping me to gain some clarity about what life really means for me. And I know that's a bit existential, but I think a lot of people are starting to, to think about that. Like, what does life mean for me now in the context of the environment that we're in? And what's good about that? What's bad about that? And what does that mean about me and my life and where I want to, you know, lead my life long term? So that's kind of where I would go with it. That's awesome. I'm going to make one comment, then we'll do our verbal show notes. Before we do, for those who are live, you have first crack at this before we sign off. The question that can get you in for free at the expense of Big Peach Running Company, a proud partner of the Hotlanta Half Marathon and 5K, our registration on our house, but to you, if you can tell us in 2021, in all likelihood, and historically, over the last couple of years, speaking of legacy, a legacy location in and around Atlanta, where has the start line for that race traditionally been? Obviously, a recess from that in 2020. If you put the correct answer in the chat box, that gives you first crack at that free entry into the virtual Hot Lanta 5K. What I wanted to comment on, Abby, as we make our close is just how much I appreciate you referencing habits because I had not thought about it, but I do believe it is true that daily choices and those things that we do make our habits ultimately determine what becomes our legacy. So I love the fact that even me, very much untrained in mental performance, seems to connect with you, but once again, the expert in that area. So thank you for that reminder and all the good work that you're doing. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I think that's great. And small actions lead to big results. So I couldn't agree more. Wow. Awesome words there. Here are our verbal show notes, friends. Please do make time to check out peakracingevents.com. You'll see all of the cool things that Tony and his team are involved with. If you need more information about that virtual race, we referenced on a number of instances this evening here in the pub. That's Hotlanta Half. Dot com. Of course, Abby, all of her words of wisdom, they are also out there on the World Wide Web. What you'll want to do is check out intrepidperformance.com. That is I-N-T-R-E-P-I-D, performance.com, intrepidperformance.com. Learn more about all the cool things that she, John, and their team are doing. Of course, to get Information about that summer 10K training program, you'll go to the Big Peach Running Company website, bigpeachrunningco.com, landing page resources. Lastly, do not forget what Abby mentioned as a very cool app, and that is whoop, W-O-O-P.com is not the website, but that is the app. I did check while we were on this session in the pub. That takes you somewhere. I don't want you to go. But whoop is yeah. Whoop is yeah. Figure out where the website is. I was unsuccessful 
and we looked at a couple of answers. I believe incorrect, Tony. The prize still stands. Underground Atlanta, not correct. I do not believe. And the same Underground start. Atlanta was. Oh, oh, sorry. Underground Atlanta was the first year, but but years two through six. Someplace different else. Place. Different, different place. place. So there's still if an answer, a correct answer. Send your answer to podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. If you get first, oh my goodness, Abby, so much quicker on the keyboard than I am. This is the value you get at Peachy's Pub. Whoopmylife.org, W-O-O-P-M-Y-L-I-F-E.org whoopmylife.org. Abby, thank you so much for that. And thanks to all of you for being part of the fun. Don't forget, we do this every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Peachy will open his pub up again next week. We have determined that without our ability to bring back our social runs in June, we're going to continue the fun next month as well. We'll be announcing guests and topics before you know it, but we certainly appreciate you making the decision to join us, to stay tuned to the Run ATL podcast. It matters to us. We cannot Thank you enough. We certainly hope continued good health is yours. As we say tonight and always, as we sign off, may your best miles be those covered on foot. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.